0: What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Matt Goes to the Movies, where we're going to talk about, in full spoilers, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a movie that had a hard enough task following up the ultra-successful Black Panther, but made even more challenging by the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman, which caused many questions. How would they proceed? Would they switch? Would they replace Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther with another actor? And you know, I think you could tell by the trailers that they did, but how are they going to do it? How is this movie going to not only continue to move the MCU forward but also pay you know, pay respect to Chadwick Boseman who Meant a lot to so many people based on the worldwide phenomenon that, you know, the original Black Panther movie was. And for me, this was a movie that I was very, very much anticipating because I felt like I needed a palate cleanser in the MCU from the things that we've been getting. And I, I'm not saying that for me, phase four has been terrible. Uh, what I'm saying is, it is it is hard to follow up an event like Endgame that took years, ten years, to culminate something that we never thought would see, and then trying to again rebuild what we had seen, and you know, getting to another major story arc. There was bound to be some steps back. But what I mean by a palate cleanser is I needed something that had a more serious tone. A lot of things have been way too, um, like they've been, you know, comedy, so to speak, when I thought the tone could have benefited from being more serious. But that was my thought on why I wanted to really see Black Panther Wakanda forever And why I was looking forward to it, because I admittedly, if you've listened to the MCU reviews that I, we did a while back, I am not the biggest fan of the original Black Panther movie. I I do recognize the significance that it, that it created, but I, you know, it wasn't one of my favorite out of the, you know, the MCU, but I was eagerly anticipating this movie, uh, Brandon, did you feel any of the same things about that? Or, or what were your thoughts on Wakanda forever?
1: So I do think it's great that this movie was actually like serious as well. Cause a lot of stuff that I've seen, I just haven't really liked except for stuff like, I think recently werewolf by night was probably the one thing that I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. But I also did say, I was like, they're, they they can not Screw up Black Panther too, Like, I, I wasn't really too concerned going into it. Just because I knew... You don't have that movie and not know the significance of it. The way you mess it up. Kind of like what I feel like Thor, Love, and Thunder.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. And I think one of the things that was evident right off the bat when this movie starts is... This is... As much as there, they had to change pace with what this movie was originally going to be about. I think, and we'll get into more and more details. What's super clear is that everybody that was a part of this project and part of the original Black Panther movie, there was a lot of love and respect for Chadwick Boseman. Um
1: When the Marvel, when the Marvel title changes, just one person that should really show you.
0: Yeah, the the opening Marvel credits is strictly Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa as Black Panther. Um, and I will openly admit that right off the bat, this movie did strike me with tears. You immediately get the scene. Um, the movie starts off with Shuri actually them acknowledging that T'Challa is sick and she's trying to create a heart-shaped herb to save his life, and it does not take long. It's it's three minutes into the movie that in this universe they say Chichala has passed, and boy, it it's literally. I, I tell you, when that scene hits, it's almost like they filmed them getting the news that Chadwick Boseman passed in real life. You. It is hard to tell what was acting and how much of it was them thinking about when they heard the news that he had passed, because the emotion on that screen, when you realize that in this universe, this character is gone, boy, there's nobody plays it anything less than stunning. It, it was an incredibly powerful opening and something that I thought. You know, without overkill, so to speak, contributed all the way through the film. I I thought they did a fantastic job of of honoring him. Uh, Brandon, what are some of your your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, his death was basically the driving point of this movie in a way, because it starts off a big part of Cherie's development. The queen has a big moment because of it. And it's really not even just it's the entire city with this ancient legend of the black panther is no longer there and there's nothing really in sight cuz she denies it later it it's such a like in movie impact and then an outside movie impact cuz there was it was dead silent during that entire opening portion in our theater and it was also just it wasn't in the whole movie, like a quiet, quiet theater. But that one moment earned nothing, like nothing. How well, well, it was acted, just they knew how to structure just a deeply sad scene.
0: Yeah, they really did. And speaking of, of acting, I I think everybody did a really good job in this movie, but I need to give a, just its own section of this review. I am, I'm not exaggerating when I say Angela Bassett is queen Ramonda. What a performance. She
1: probably, she probably did steal the entire movie. Yeah.
0: If there is an unsung hero of this movie or somebody who maybe you didn't expect to steal the show that did, My God, is that it for me? She is is strong. She is vulnerable. She is powerful. She is wise. I was blown away by every single scene that she was in because each scene and each emotion felt different. You saw her grieve for her son. You saw her try to protect her land. You saw her be strong in front of the United Nations and say, "We are not weak." I know what you whisper. She literally tells them, "Like, consider this." They they catch people trying to steal vibranium, and she literally says, "You can consider this Mercy. mercy that we're returning these soldiers to you." She is. Unbelievably powerful in this movie. I was mesmerized by her performance.
1: And she has a moment of of like a breaking point. The entire throne room scene is amazing. <laughs> when she's grieving about she thinks Cherie is dead at that point. And like that scene, like you feel for her. And it's because of how well acting it was.
0: Yeah, there's there's a scene where Shuri is kidnapped, and it's because, um, okay, um, the the leader of the guard goes against the queen's wishes to, you know, take Shuri out, and they're trying to find somebody who created this machine that can detect uh, detect vibranium, um, as part of the plot of this movie. And she, when she rips into her and strips her of her title, both people, um, you know, maybe listeners of this show, you know her more as maybe at this point, Michonne from The Walking Dead. That's the actress, that's the actress that we're talking about. Um, but it's, it, that scene is amazing. The way she just kind of scolds her is, is the simplest way that I can put it. Is so powerful. And, and again, even the emotion that is shown, like her realizing that she's being stripped of her title and what that means like to her and everything, it's crazy. And I love the fact that they actually, because this was a complaint I had in Black Panther, she calls her out for protecting the throne when Killamonger took it over and says, I had to watch as you... Guarded and protected this man, who I thought killed my son, and now you have lost my daughter. Like I, I I'm almost smitten with Angela Bassett in this movie. She's, it's unbelievable. And then I'll, I'll let you, you know, talk about those topics. There's a shock, I, like there's a thing that happened in this movie that maybe some people wouldn't say is shocking, but I did not expect it. And I'll, I'll wait to get into that for a second. Cause I'll let you follow up on those points, but I, I would go see this movie again. And I really like this movie. And I think you'll see that as we, you know, continue to talk about it, but also when we give our review score at the end, I would go see this movie strictly to see her scenes again. Yeah. Literally. Yeah.
1: The entire scene is just, all around with good stuff even with stuff that happens before it we'll probably talk about it along with the character but both of them like yeah the general title i i'm not too familiar with the original the first black panther but i assume that's like a that's a position that you train for in your life and then she's there and she's heartbroken over getting that title stripped from her because it's also like I'm responsible for this and the queen is just giving her heart out and it's so well acted. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's it's cr- it's crazy how well it translates and then he, again, something I did not expect it, the queen dies in this movie and that was something I said You start to see the scene unfold, and I was like, okay, and even when you think it's going to happen, like, even when things start to progress, I was like, there's no way this is happening as well, and she is killed by who is going to be the, you know, the enemy of this movie and the new threat to Wakanda, which we're going to get way more into, Um, and Namor, I was... I honestly was stunned. I did not, and again, maybe some people won't. Maybe if you've seen this movie, you're like, oh, I expected it. I was in general, like, silence, like, shook that they actually went through and she died, and that was another moment. Because of her performance in this movie, I found myself heartbroken in that scene. Like, from a movie standpoint, like, in real life, like, I get it, but, like, thinking of the world that we're watching with the mcu i was devastated that she was gone
1: yeah the way my heart sunk when you just hear the words she passed because like that i felt it too that entire scene i'm thinking oh she's just gonna if you got back water just like riri just did and the ring the um what's it called the beads aren't doing anything she's not moving sheree's crying and you just hear she passed and my chest just sunk i was like what no way they killed her off especially like she gave a massively well performance for this to be your end
0: yeah um something that she actually questioned the director on. I read an article about her passing. Um but I think in the context it works incredibly incredibly well. It's again it it doesn't feel like something that happens just to shock the audience. As you watch this movie if you, you know, haven't gone and seen it yet and you you don't really care about the spoilers or if you have seen it And you're rethinking it, I don't think it's done for shock value just to shock the audience. I think there's a an actual legitimate build to her passing in the movie, which I thought made it even more, you know, like heartfelt. And you know, that is is gonna kind of lead me into the fact of the character that is introduced in this movie. Now you saw him in the trailer, we all knew it was coming we get introduced to Namor in this movie. And that was another thing that I wasn't sure how to feel about it when, okay, like, yeah, let's, let's see what are the bigger implications for the MCU with his introduction? I think there's some things that you might look at and maybe you can try to start thinking of your own conclusions. Um, but if you don't want to like, look, I, I want to see what happens. Um, cause surprisingly I was shocked. The MCU didn't go this route. This is a rare, you know, besides like Thanos in these movies, this is a rare villain who makes, makes it, it out. through to the end of the movie. And I was like, I was, so, God damn. I
1: was so happy. Because you'll see as we talk about it, I love this dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about him. But man, he has... And I love some of the parallels between the two nations. I really, really did enjoy it. I love how they each kind of had their own battle cry. I love how they are... Um each very protective of their nations. Like, Namor is a guy who wants to simply protect his people. Um, Now, he might be going about it in a different way, but he wants to protect his people based on what they have seen. Well, what he has seen as a young boy and what he witnessed growing up. And it is... Boy, yeah. I-, I love him. I I love him in this movie. I am really glad that he was um alive at the end of this because I didn't expect and it's not something that they actually do, but you know, I- I'll let you go into, you know, Namor a little bit more, you can talk about him. His intro
1: would I be right in saying it's probably one of the best in the mcu
0: it's up there it it
1: really is (laughs) they show not even just him but the entire nation how terrifying they are because like when the chant's going on and they're just jumping over the boat like that seems horrifying as well because i love how they implement it into the music so it doesn't even it feels natural and then they're escaping from the helicopter and they're like we're being pulled back. And you just see that shot of Namor in the air. And it's just so. It's such a good setup. Because you're like okay. First of all this is serious. And second of all. This is going to be another good villain. But. Like the entire scene where he's talking to. Sheree about. This is why I protect them, And. This is what I want to do. And he kind of. He really does come across. And he's like. I don't like. We can join together. I really don't want to do this, but if I
0: have to, I have to. Yeah, it again, it's not so much. He's not just black and white. There's there's the area where you want to root for him, which again makes there's like a conflict of, okay, who am I supposed to side with sometimes in this movie? Like, what am I supposed to think I like that a lot, I think, for the most part, and this was I think this is a perfect time to kind of talk about this because it was something I had, again, a complaint about with the original Black Panther. For the most part, the CGI and the effects in this movie are much better than the first Black Panther, especially him flying. There was only one or two scenes where I really... It stuck out on screen where I was like, whoa, like... Dear God, I hope we don't get into some of these CGI problems again. But it quickly goes away. And the way that he moves the underwater city, the way that everything looks, it is done really well. Even the way that they fight, I think, is really well done. And yeah, when they attack, the music, the score, like amplifies a sense of terror. The simple fact is, too, at one point, they're taking Wakandans and they're drowning them. Yeah. Like it's it, it's PG 13, so you don't like you have to understand what's happening, but once you realize like when they're grabbing them, they're literally drowning these people, like, which is freaking terrifying. Um, but that's they really did such a great job with balancing. And I think when I talk about balancing, I guess maybe the only Real complaint that I have about this movie, and I guess it's not a complaint, I guess it's a. I felt like you could have done more, or this wasn't the right time to introduce her, is the character of Ironheart. I, in my personal opinion, I liked her. I thought she was good, I thought she had good scenes. That was another thing in this movie, too that I'll just, I'll quickly touch on is it is a very serious movie, but there are some parts of humor in here where actually the humor works. It is not forced. It is not overdone. I found myself laughing pretty good at a couple of points. And I was (laughs) like, damn, I was like, I like, I didn't expect to be laughing after three minutes into the movie. I actually had tears. And 20 minutes later, I had more tears in my eyes. But they found a way to incorporate some comedy that worked. But with Ironheart, I like her. I liked her character. I thought the actress that played her was very well done. I thought she had a good on-screen presence. But part of her felt like a MacGuffin. And I felt like I could have used either... Because I still think you could have had most of the same story without her in it. But also, I don't know, just like right now, without any further introduction to her, or and I I talked to a friend about this, of why is she the one that built an Iron Man suit? There seems to be no connection. He's like, I think it's kind of cool that she just did it because she can. She's such a genius that she just did it to, like, be petty to her teacher. Um, And part of me respects that and says, okay, but part of me also says, I feel feel like it was not the right time to introduce her. I felt like she took too much of a backseat, and when she wasn't there, it felt like, I don't know. I just, I can't articulate it any more than that. Maybe I'll think of some things, but I just felt like maybe this wasn't the right time to introduce her. Not that she was bad, but there could have been a better time to do this. Do you think it would have been better if Ironheart came first? I think, or something on the Disney Plus, like the Disney Plus channel to introduce her, whether it be Iron War or something. I just, I felt like there was something missing from her impact because I think she can be really, really good. Maybe it's also just in the MCU. I know she has her place in the comics. I actually think she's a really good character. Maybe it was just like. Weird seeing somebody else in any type of Iron Man suit besides that, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. at the <laughs> that moment. Really could be it, and that might go away in time. Where this is the first time we actually see anybody like in an Iron Man outfit. Um. So yeah, may- maybe that's it. But I just feel like there was a missed opportunity, so to speak. Yeah, I did really like her as well.
1: Even I do also agree. Like you could have. Like, if she wasn't there, you also could have wrote around it, but I like how natural she felt. Like, a lot of her conversations, a lot of her jokes, it felt natural, and it felt like something, you know, a college kid would say or go through, except for the Iron Man stuff. But I thought she was very. She felt like, for someone, like one of the two characters in a serious movie that really provide the comedy she felt very not overdone let's say i'll go back to thor love and thunder but she provides comedy that feels natural in that way
0: yeah i think that's i think that's a good point again it's it's a very like thin line that i'm talking here Because I did enjoy her character, I'm not saying like, oh my god, I hated her. Why'd you put her in here? Take her out. I did like her. I just I felt like there could have been more impact. Um, Now, speaking of having impact, there was a lot of rumors, and I think from the trailer, a lot of people started to draw conclusions. But also, um, you know, one thing that Shuri on her. On her journey here was she finally is able with the help of Ironheart to produce a heart-shaped herb to bring back the the Black Panther mantle, and she does not get to see her brother or her mother. That's not how that goes down. Who she sees is Killamonger, and it was awesome to see him back. I thought he was great and I expected it, but damn, was I happy to see him.
1: Yeah. For his little, his little bit of screen time, he, he definitely gave a really big impact and just how he provides Sheree. He's like, Hey, you're kind of like me as well. Like your dad, I'm pretty sure he calls his her dad weak as well, but like, you're also like me. You're a part of me. You need to take... like He really is like... Now, if I was there,
0: I would have not let Namor get away, but... <laughs> yeah, no, he talks a lot of crap, but it makes sense. And it does... I think it makes sense for Shuri to see him, based on the yes. fact that right then and there, she's doing this to take revenge. She's not doing this to carry on the legacy of black Panther. She even says that to her mother, like when she says, I wasn't trying to save the mantle of the black Panther. I was trying to save my brother. That's not why in the beginning of the movie, she's creating, trying to create a a synthesized heart-shaped herb. She's doing it to try and save her brother. She didn't care about the mantle of black Panther. And right then and there, she does not care about the mantle of Black Panther and bringing that back. She cares about having the power to get revenge. So the fact that she sees somebody that was driven by revenge to take the throne and didn't care about the legacy and the history of that that mantle makes a hundred percent sense. You even I thought it was a cool little detail that. You see the like Chadwick Boseman T'Challa's Black Panther mask, but also, yeah, you do see like she takes Killamonger's mask to fit. Um, I thought that was really well done, I thought it was clever, even though I did expect to see him. I thought it worked, I loved it. It's always great. I think Michael B. Jordan's fantastic. I mean, in the original Black Panther, I thought he was great as Killamonger, I love him. In Creed 1 and 2. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Creed 3. I think he's a great actor. And it was really cool to see him back. And I thought that that worked. Incredibly well. I, I thought it was a, a great transition. Um, and that will lead me into my question here. And I'll get your thought on this first. Because it might help me kind of piece together my thoughts a little bit more on it. It doesn't seem like it's going to last, especially after we talk about the credit scene and the actual ending of the, you know, the ending of the movie. Then the end credit, mid credit scene. What did you think of Shuri as the as the Black Panther? I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I, I'm not sure though. I, I understand why it happened. I I wasn't quite sure how I felt once the movie was, well, once her time as black Panther was over and we'll talk about that a little further.
1: Well, I guess the thing is, they're also, I guess for Sheree's run, or maybe I'm just missing out on the scene, but they're changing it up because she's not going, she doesn't seem to be taking the throne at the end. It seems to be in Baku with the entire scene of she won't be present. I will be fighting for the throne. Maybe I'm just getting it wrong, but it looks like she's going to beat a Black Panther, but not in a position of, like, power like T'Challa was.
0: I think that she might... The way I'm interpreting it, and again, could be 100% wrong here, uh, I'm interpreting it that she might, at, she might be queen, but she is going to allow M'Baku to be... The Black Panther, which is different than what has normally happened in Wakanda. Normally, Black Panther, king, ruler, you know, like ruler, protector. There's going to be two separate points. Um, and, And that's how I interpreted it, is she's going to still rule over Wakanda and make decisions, but based on... What M'Baku has done, he will be the protector. He's the fighter. I I think that's the route they're going. Yeah,
1: they're definitely, no matter what, they're definitely changing something up along the formula. And if they get the same director and they have the same people working on it, I'll go watch and see how that folds out in other Black Panther movies.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this definitely makes me want a third movie. A hundred percent. I want a third movie. I need a third movie. Um, before we do the mid credit scene. Can we talk about Mbaku? Because I think yeah, I was gonna say before I talk about the mid credit scene, I'm gonna give you you can start your start your thoughts on Mbaku and I'll let you I'll I'll let you do that and I will I will chime in i absolutely love him in this because he
1: he kind of embodies what i think the biggest strong point of this movie is and being he has very serious moments and he also has very good comedy when he calls him more feast man there he calls the general a bald-headed demon but like it feels natural and it It got a good laugh out of everyone in the theater, basically. But then he has moments where the flood is happening, and he's trying to fight Namor, and it's still a serious scene that comes together. Or even when Cherie is presented as the Black Panther, they have that arm wrestling moment, but it's funny, but also an endearing little moment there.
0: Yeah, I think he's got from the first movie to this movie, his character development still carries very, very well and shows like his growth from being just like kind of on the outskirts of Wakanda and having his own thing to really caring about what happens to Wakanda, to the people that are not part of like his warrior tri- tribe. I think it's very well done. And I don't think that he just, like, you know, at the end said, I'm going to challenge for Black Panther. I do think there was a conversation with Shuri before that happened. Um, Because we find out that Shuri is, you know, why she's not there for the ceremony of Black Panther is because she's in Haiti. And the reason she is in Haiti, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this. Um, cause she's with Nakia to find out that her and Chachala had a son and in the moment it is a huge, it's a really nice tribute to like Chadwick Boseman. I think it's a nice little honor, like honoring him and stuff like that. And I, I kind of thought they were going to do that. But I'm wondering if going forward there's any actual, how they translate that to the screen in an upcoming movie. And what I mean by that is in the moment she finds out that she's got a nephew She her mother did get to meet her grandson which is really nice, it's touching um, and that You know, his secret name, because they didn't want people to know and they didn't want him to grow up with like the pressure of the throne and stuff like that, um, that his name is Chichala, And again, it's a very nice, touching tribute, but I'm wondering, will it have an impact in a future movie by him coming back and taking the throne? Like, I feel like the way that it's presented is a nice tribute, but I feel like going forward, it won't have that same emotional impact that it did right here in this moment. And I'm, I'm wondering not only your thoughts, but listeners, if, if you have a thought on that subject or not even just the topic that I brought up, but you know, you had a thought on your own based on when you saw this movie, I, I'm really curious.
1: See, I think that over anything in this movie will have to be decided later in the future of just kind of what they do next. Because, honestly, I'm not even too sure. That could be like, hey, you guys want to recast, here you go. But, like, honestly, it's just at this point, a oh, wait and see type of event.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Who knows what they're going to do. Um I mean, they could really just throw that away and say he just he never wants the throne, really. Yeah. I mean, they could, and it could be like I, I I'm not going to disturb what's going on, or who knows? Maybe again, they did a really good job with this movie, and they could make that happen. And I do have trust in in this in this director because um, I think he did a fantastic job. So. That very well could be something that is hugely impactful and makes a huge, huge difference um, in the franchise and makes the third one even more like, you know, more um, impactful. So, uh, anything else that you want to touch on before we start to wrap up this review?
1: Um. So a question here because I've seen. I've seen this be talked about a little bit with the success of Killmonger and Namor. Do you think Ryan Cogler should get a chance at Dr. Doom? Uh,
0: I think that he has earned the right to try and get another project. Yes. Um, again, regardless of how I feel about the first black Panther movie, is it the worst one in the MCU? No, I don't think it is. I think there's some flaws in it, but I think what he's shown between these two movies and I think the the poise or in whatever else you want to call it that he was able to show in finding a story with the craziness of that passing and how to, and how to make this movie, I, I think he has shown that If the MCU wanted to give him another project, I think he should get it. A hundred percent. So.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking about Dr. Doom here. Do you think he should directly get him? Because honestly, right now I feel like he would be the one I trust most. Because with how he did Namor and how Namor has his own like city that he wants to protect and the people he wants to protect while also, you know, bury your dead, mourn your loss you are queen now stuff like that. I feel like something like that can handle someone like doom.
0: yeah I mean I think he's shown that he can show somebody who has to rule over people um, and depicting, Latveria, I think he could do a very good job with that. Um, Which, you know, that is one thing where there were a lot of rumors that there was going to be an appearance in the end credits by Doctor Doom in this movie. Now, whether or not that's true, and it did get scrapped because of what happened, uh, I'm not sure. There did seem to be, again, you you can draw some conclusions, I think, that there might still be an outside force that Kind of propelled some of the events in this movie, um, but we're gonna have to wait and see. I, I think you can you can start to see some of those lines, but it again I might just be looking because I want something to be there.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, but I mean, it is Wakanda Forever is a huge hit. million opening, only topped by uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It looks like it's going to have, in its second week, though, a much better hold. It has crazily propelled Disney over $3 billion in 2022. Yes, that's $3 billion globally at the box office for Disney. That is insane. Again, they just have a a license to to print money. But this movie was incredible. And we will, well, to me, this movie was incredible. So I'm going to turn it to popcorn time. That's the review system that we use here at Matt goes to the movies. Uh, we do it out of five buckets of popcorn. Uh, I did a written write up for this movie on letterbox, which you can see in the show notes. But I gave this four stars, and it will translate to four buckets. Um, This is, for me, one of the top movies in the MCU overall. I I think this movie is that good. I actually, in doing my re-rankings of the MCU... I actually gave this, I initial reaction, I put this at number 11. And maybe some people are like, oh, that's low. But I mean, when there's 30 movies, for God's sakes, in the MCU, sometimes some things are just. But, you know, thinking about it, and maybe on a rewatch, I don't see it going. There's no way it would go lower. It would only go higher based on my rankings. But this is a. Four bucket movie for me, without a doubt. Fantastic movie, fantastic performances.
1: Yeah, I'd probably give it the same. This movie's awesome. I said it when we when we left the movie theaters. I was like, "Man, that's great!" Like it was. I hope that Phase Five kind of continues, like just how this movie was and where it goes. Like Ant Man, I hope it's like at the beginning. I hope it's nice and fun, and then when Kang shows up, I want the same tone as this movie.
0: Yeah, it does look like we're getting, you know, in a serious phase of the MCU here where, okay, we're starting to see there's some major stakes. There's some major players in the game, um, which I think is going to be a nice refreshing pace um, because I was getting a little saturated with all of the comedy aspects that we've been getting from the MCU. So we both give this four out of five buckets and not only do I want to thank listeners for joining us for this review, I want to give listeners something. So thank you to Map360 Collective. It has come through once again. Uh, they are sponsoring this portion for me here and they're sponsoring it with a giveaway for me. And that giveaway, I've given away digital codes for this movie, but now I have Four Blu-ray copies left for listeners of this show. And you will see in the show notes how to win a copy of this movie. But it is called Jerry and Marge Go Large, and it stars Brian Cranston, Annette Benning, and Rayan Wilson, star in Jerry and Marge Go Large. This is inspired by a true story. A retiree named Jerry Selby discovers a mathematical loophole to win the lottery. Him and his wife Marge use their winnings to revive their small hometown. But when a selfish college student cheats the system, Jerry must find a way to make the game fair for all. Buy Jerry and Marge Go Large on Blu-ray today. It is directed by David Frankel and rated PG-13. But listeners, you don't have to buy it. Because again, you can win a free Blu-ray copy, which will be sent to you. And the way that you're going to enter this contest is go to the show notes, and it will be in there as well. But you are going to follow the show on social media platforms. That can be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, We're on TikTok. Follow the show and either like and retweet or like and share this post for this podcast review, and you will be drawn at random to win that copy, and I will contact winners as I draw them. So thank you once again, listeners, for joining us, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.